This episode of Art of the Kickstart is sponsored by BackerKit. BackerKit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. Plus, if you want to create and send surveys, offer add-ons and pledge upgrades, or begin accepting pre-orders, BackerKit makes it simple. Over 2,000 projects and 4 million backers have used BackerKit, including many of the projects featured on Art of the Kickstart. Ready to try BackerKit? Visit BackerKit.com and sign up today. Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Command Partners, the top full-service crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped raise over $70 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by The Gadget Flow, a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. The Gadget Flow is the ultimate buyer's guide for cool luxury gadgets and creative gifts. To learn more, visit thegadgetflow.com. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am honored to be joined by Edmund Lee with Poto Labs. Edmund, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me here, Roy. All right, so you guys are serial Kickstarters. You guys kick butt with your first campaign, doubled it on your second campaign. Now you guys are active and back at it again with your third campaign, which is probably going to be your most successful to date. So please tell our audience all about Poto Labs and where it all got started. Yeah, so Poto Labs was founded by uh, three guys out of University of California, Berkeley. And our first product was a camera. So, you know, three of us, we're really good friends. We'd be hanging out and, you know, we can never be in the same picture uh, together, three of us. You know, someone would be left out. Or if we did get a picture together on like Jay's DSLR, we have to wait till we go home, connect to a computer. It was just a pain in the butt. So we invented the first product called Poto to solve that problem. And it's a little camera that you don't have to hold yourself. It just sticks to any surface so you can step back and finally be in your own photos for once. So from there, you know, we went on Kickstarter. We were just straight out of college. I didn't really know much about the hardware world. And since then, we've just been kind of growing uh, Poto's and Urban Outfitters. We have a new version out coming this year, the Poto Gen 2. And now, like you said, we're on our third Kickstarter and we're branching out into audio now. So it's interesting. So I'm a backer of both campaigns that you guys launched. Killer product, executed well, price points perfect. How do you guys gauge, in terms of the first time you guys ran a Kickstarter campaign, what was your thought process in terms of this is the means to which we're going to launch our company with? Well, the thought process was definitely, you know, we need to get this product out there. We don't know anything about retail or, or we're not experienced marketers. So Kickstarter was really a great platform where you can meet a bunch of enthusiastic people such as yourself who, who give, you know, the little guys a chance. And it, so we got a ton of great feedback. Uh, the Kickstarter campaign was much larger than we ever thought it would be. And like you alluded to, it's definitely the way we started uh, this whole journey. 
So 3,600 backers on the first one and then 8,800 backers on the second one. What led to your initial success? I mean, that, that's significant in terms of the amount of capital you guys raised. What was the process that you guys went into? How long did it begin before you ended up launching that first one? So we started in the summer of May, uh, May 2013. We launched that Kickstarter, I think it was February of 2015. And in that time, we had joined, we were based in the Bay Area and we had joined a hardware accelerator called Highway One. And what they do is they take in a, you know, a group of young hardware products, get them from the prototyping stage to giving them advice about, you know, design for manufacturing and, and manufacturing at scale. So they gave us a lot of, um, they opened a lot of doors for us as far as networking connections, uh, helped us get some press, uh, which was big and, I think, of course, in order to have a successful Kickstarter, you have to have a good product and at a good price. So we we really focused on the... Pro I mean, the whole company was born out of our desire to have this product. So we put everything we had into it. We made everything the way we thought it should be. And I think uh, that resonated with people. Yeah, it certainly did. I mean, you guys made a beautiful product and delivered on it, you know, pretty much within within the time range you guys said you would. So that's that's always key. And, you know, being in part of it like an incubator like that certainly helps out. I know we speak to a lot of hacks accelerators as well. And, you know, they really seem to get a leg up on the competition in terms of not only the product, but the networking and is also in terms of delivering a quality product that they promise their backers on. Absolutely. I mean, even going to China, they, they bring us to China on a, on a two week trip. We go to Shenzhen and man, it's a, it's a totally crazy world out there. The, the city itself is interesting. It's only been maybe modernized in the last 30 years purely to, to fuel this made in China boom. And it's, it's not like everything there is made of cheap quality or made cheaply. It's, it's really the center of all their infrastructure. So that's where you really go to see quite amazing methods of manufacturing. So that really gave us a leg up on, like you said, actually delivering our products. Absolutely. So given that your first two products, you know, kind of dealt with the, the selfie stick and shoot camera model, what made you guys decide to kind of, you know, jump over to the audio Bluetooth side of things? Sure. Well, we definitely didn't abandon Poto. I mean, we're, we're fully dedicated to that. We're shipping the Gen 2. On, on the side, however, you know, we're, we're all moved to SF and we commute. I take the bus. And again, we just sort of figured, hey, we've got these wires dangling off our faces, tethering our heads to our phones. We can do something about it. I mean, we're really good at Bluetooth. We stream live video over Bluetooth for our camera. So streaming audio is, is much simpler. And uh, we decided to just go for for this product and keep making cool stuff that we like to use for ourselves. So did you guys see kind of a, a product market fit for this when you originally said, okay, let's, let's do something in the audio space or it was just, you wanted to kind of diversify your product line a little bit further. It was more the, the first thing it was, um, you know, the iPhone seven was getting a lot of, you know, flack for <laughs> eliminating the headphone jack. And um, our CTO, Sam, was just like, hey, you know, we could, it'd be pretty easy for us to, to make something for those users. And, you know, it's not just for iPhone 7 users or people missing the headphone jack. We realized that a lot of people want Bluetooth headphones, but they don't necessarily want to splurge yet. They don't trust the battery life or the sound quality or the brand. So we 
figured that, you know, this thing is great because you can use your favorite headphones that you already have and just upgrade them to Bluetooth. And we also threw in a, a cool feature, which is the sharing feature. No other adapter does this, but you can use these two jacks to sync your headphones with a friend and wirelessly split audio from one source. Impressive tech, right? Um, so, you know, yeah, and talking about that technology, how did you guys go, go about deciding what features to include in it? So we start from what, you know, the basics. Bluetooth is, you know, well established as a protocol for, for delivering wireless audio. And we kind of just threw everything in, in the kitchen sink that we could at, on top of that. You know, there's the sharing feature. There's also a lot of things that you'd think other audio adapters would do, but they, they don't. Very small things like being compatible with any brand of headphone microphones, like the ones made for Android or Apple. The volume buttons don't work, you know, universally. They have their own standards, but an adapter can handle that, which we do. Uh, being able to play and charge at the same time, not beeping like really loudly in your ear for all sorts of notifications. I think a lot of the adapters out there just use this one standard made in China a long time ago. No one's really kind of took in and optimized it for, you know, a broader market. Interesting. So what, what's been the biggest challenge that you guys have encountered so far in designing this version of your first product in the audio space? So this time it's not so much the electronic layout that's as much of a challenge for us or the firmware. It's, it's actually most of the challenges in the mechanical design. We wanted to make something really small, which we're good at after doing the camera. We wanted to fit in a battery that is at least twice as big as the other ones out there in the, in our competitors. So that's a challenge. But also we wanted to, to be able to clip it onto your clothes and look good doing so. So we have to figure out a way to manipulate stainless steel in a very small package and also color it and make it look good. No, it certainly does look good. Uh, in, ter- in terms of talking about the, the preparation or the marketing uh, aspect of this campaign and your first campaign, what have you guys done differently over the years? So the first campaign, I mean, even Kickstarter was a lot younger, so they didn't have some of the tools that they do now, such as Google Analytics integration, ways to create custom URLs to, to help your tracking. But now we have all those tools, which helps us, you know, run some Facebook ads. Um, but of course, press is always important and press is a little, you know, reluctant to cover Kickstarter projects as, as you said, many of them don't end up delivering, but our track record helps us there a little bit. And as far as marketing, having our backers come back and support us is a huge thing too, because we have thousands of backers every campaign who are proven to be fans of you know, our brands and just fans of crowdfunding young gadgets in, in general. So I think it's definitely getting easier every time. And like you said, our campaign's been hitting new records every time. Yeah, it's great. In terms of talking about the backers so far, what, what's your experience been with them? I mean, have you gotten, I'm assuming you get a ton of feedback from them, but how have you guys been managing all that feedback and promoting the campaign and, you know, getting them excited about this product, the next product, etc. Yeah, during the campaign, it's definitely a lot of sleepless nights. You know, 
in in a sense when you're on Kickstarter, you're taking on the role of a underdog team, but in another sense, you're also coming at them as the face of a company and you're you're making a lot of promises. So some people have maybe tempered ex- expectations, but some people uh, who are maybe less familiar with crowdfunding do treat it more as a store. So it's a lot of, it's it's hard to be like a big company when you're like three or six people and so you're trying to answer volume of, of emails and comments. But overall, it's been really positive and it's really good fuel to keep going when you when you hear feedback from people like, Oh, I use this on a vacation, you know, with my fiance and it was great. Or you just get people encouraging you and uh, it really helps us keep going. So what's been the weirdest feedback you guys have received so far over the years? <laughs> uh, weirdest feedback. Actually, I wouldn't call it weird, but it was unexpected feedback. That was really great. So the, the photo camera, of course, is we thought it'd be a great way to replace selfies. But one user told us that he was really grateful for us for being able to put this camera on the wall and control it with his phone because he was born with a disability where his arms actually were not long enough to take selfies. So it's something we never expected to, you know, we never thought of that use case, but we were really like glad we can help somebody. And it was really cool to to interact with that person. No, that's awesome. So was there anything that you guys learned from the other two campaigns that you were able to implement into this one and see greater success with that? Yeah, every time is a learning experience. I think you definitely have to manage expectations. You know, you can't promise the world or promise too fast delivery times. I mean, you want to, you always want to do everything like perfect, but as a team with limited resources, it doesn't always work that way. So. It helps a little bit to maybe under-promise and try to over-deliver and on features as well. As far as promoting the campaign, I mean, I think it just becomes more, uh, not routine, but in the way that you set up the page, the way you, you know, communicate your message, because it's not just a monetary transaction. People care about, you know, helping an idea and helping a story. Uh, so that's a very important thing to communicate every time. No, oh, absolutely. It's always something that we try and instill in all of our campaigns in terms of, you know, taking the customer, the backer, you know, on that journey with you. You know, what what advice, if you were to give one piece of advice to someone else looking to kickstart their technology, what would you tell them? I would tell them to reach out to as many people as possible. I think a good thing about this community is that not only the backers are here to help people, but so are the creators and they know what it's like and what you're going through. I mean, myself, my email is readily available. It's just eddie at protolabs.com, E-D-D-I-E. And I think people are willing to help if you go out and, and ask. Besides that, the other concrete thing is to have a working prototype. I think you definitely need that. Absolutely critical. So uh, where are you guys headed next? What's next after the project ends? After the project ends, we are actually in the midst of shipping Poto 2, and we should finish up very soon. We want to grow the whole family, you know, the Poto camera and the jack adapter. And I don't know, maybe we'll keep making new things where we find, you know, we want these things in our lives. But we also want to continue growing, you know, the, 
uh, we're, we're sort of building a base around Bluetooth here. We have audio, we have video. It'd be really cool for us to start creating a suite of products that all work together. That's kind of our thoughts. Do you guys think you'll launch every product on Kickstarter for the rest of your Podo career? <laughs> I, I do think so. I, you know, if someday we get to the point where we're somehow too large for people to think that we need kickstarting, I don't want to like, you know, rub people the wrong way. But from my perspective, I, I love getting that feedback and interacting with the people directly you know, in the comment section and the messages, it's really nice to, when you're, you know, stuck in your office or with your team looking at your product from one angle, it's really nice to see your product and what you're doing from the other angle, from the, from the consumer. So I think we'll always be there. That's awesome. You guys have built a solid community there that, you know, obviously continue to keep reinvesting into you guys. So congrats on that success. Uh, Edmund, this gets us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a few questions at you. You good to go? I'm good to go. All right. So what inspired you to become an entrepreneur? Should I elaborate or is it like super right? No, nah, that works. If, uh, if you could take a selfie with any entrepreneur throughout history with Podo, who would it be? Uh, Leonardo da Vinci. What, uh, what would have been your first question for him? Where do you get your inspiration? Who did you look to growing up? Uh, probably my dad. What book is on your nightstand? Uh, the Brothers Dosto- uh, the Brothers Karamazov by Dostoevsky. What would you say your biggest weakness is? Uh, chips. <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years? Hopefully with this team making cool stuff. What's the big thing you want to accomplish in life? I want to surround myself with people that uh, I like being around. Last question. What does the future of crowdfunding look like? I think it's going to be more commercialized and it'll be a challenge to keep its, its uh, you know, original core, but I think it will. Awesome. Edmund, you've been awesome. Please give our audience your pitch. Tell them what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should go buy Poto product. All right. Well, my name is Eddie, uh, and it was my pleasure to talk to you about Poto Labs. We're currently crowdfunding Jack, which is a Bluetooth adapter that makes any headphones uh, wireless. And you can find it at podolabs.com slash Jack, or if you just search Jack or headphones on Kickstarter, you will find us as well. So, uh, yeah, that's about it. Eddie, Edmund, thank you so much for joining us on Art of the Kickstart. Audience, thank you again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for all the show notes, the full transcript, links to everything we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. Eddie, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Roy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a better business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes and our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. If you love this episode, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors and entrepreneurs find the show and helps us get better guests on here to help build your business. If you need a more hands-on crowdfunding strategy, 
please feel free to request a quote on commandpartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you soon.